welcome to the Executive VA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'd like to feature a conversation I recently recorded with Emily Kelly. Emily is an Executive MBA Format student in our class of 2020, and she and I recently sat down to talk a little bit more about her MBA journey, what led her to DART, her recent career transition, and how her experience in the program is impacting her work. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Emily Kelly. Emily, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me, Brett. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. All right. So tell us just a little bit more about you. Uh, who are you? What, what did you do before Darden and what are you doing currently? Yeah. So I was doing two things before Darden. Um, right now, I am a solutions executive at Iodine Software, which is a healthcare artificial intelligence company. Um, and that is new since starting Darden. But before I came to Darden, I'd been in account management and sales, both in individual contributor roles and managerial roles for the last eight years. Um, so, you know, when I when I came to Darden, I've continued down that path and really thinking about how I um, reached the top in, in sales. So the decision to pursue an MBA, is it a something is it something you thought about a long time? Is it was it a relatively recent idea for you? I'm I'm curious about about the arc of that. Yeah. The MBA has been a, something I've thought about for a long time. I actually um I've been trying to sell my GMAT books on online right now, but they're from 2013. So I had picked up um this idea of an MBA a long time ago. Um but I actually studied from 2013 GMAT books because it took me a really long time to decide, you know what, I actually want to go and do this. Um, And part of the motivation for it was um, a lot of change that had happened in my life where it finally felt like, you know what, it's time to invest in myself and to take control of what is coming towards me. And um, so I I ultimately decided I'm going to put my head down and I'm going to study and I'm going to go and You know, when I'm thinking about why I decided it's time, there's a few reasons. Um, One of it, you know, is from a a personal perspective. Um, You know, it's something I had always wanted. But secondarily to that, I felt like I'd lost a lot of control in my career. Um, So as a sales executive doing very, very well um, at one company, and I'd been there for six years, that company was purchased by United Health Group. Um, so there were massive shakeups. Um, you know, my role became much more narrow in terms of the types of responsibilities that I had. And it made sense for a company that was that big. Um, so I then moved to another company and, and tried to um, kind of stretch outside of my industry. Um, I'd previously been in healthcare, wanted to see what the world of the Fortune 500s was like. So it's at an S&P 500 company. Um and there I felt very much relegated to a swim lane um, where, you know, I was I was doing my job, but I wasn't contributing to the greater uh, firm because it was so big that there wasn't much I could do. Um, so I made the decision at that point, you know what, I, I've got to do something different and I need to step outside of being told here is what you do and here is how you do it um, and, and really use my strengths and my creativity. So it came on in some ways because I wanted to risk proof myself. You know, if another acquisition happened, I wanted to be able to understand why that acquisition happened. 
um, understand how I best position myself in the event that something like that were to happen. Um, So that was kind of where the idea was born from. It was this really big feeling like I had been told what I needed to do for three and a half, almost four years. And I was doing it and I was doing it well, but there was very little satisfaction in it. And it wasn't what I wanted. Um, it was what these large companies were wanting me to do. So the MBA in, in many ways to me was the the solution. What about Darden resonated with you? What what mm-hmm. do you ultimately, ultimately to this program? Yeah. So I, you know, I live in DC and I'll admit I was looking at programs that were in DC. And so Darden wasn't originally on my list because I didn't know that we were in Roslyn. And when one of my friends told me, I almost immediately dropped all of the other uh, schools that I was looking at because Darden has a good reputation. Um, but I came to a class and it was a economics class. And I, I now know who the professor is. And of course I loved it, but I was sitting there and I was so engaged in the conversation because of the case method. So it was very different than the online classes I had sat in on at other um, organizations. It was different than some of the other part-time programs I had dropped in on because everybody was engaged. People were genuinely raising their hands and interested in the conversation. And we talked about the implications of what we had learned on current news so I left the room excited about what I heard. And that was at 8am on a Sunday. So, um, you know, I, for me, it was just Darden engaged me from the start, felt like it was easy to talk to people at Darden. And culturally, I feel like I belong here. Um, so it made it really easy to, to make the jump. Yeah, I think there's something very real about the case method. You know, yeah. when you think about this juncture in your career, you've worked for a while, you're coming back to school, you don't need to just know about accounting as accounting. You need mm-hmm. to understand how businesses use these concepts and ideas and how it ultimately plays out. And case method gives you a nice opportunity to do that yeah. in a safe environment in it, classroom. It definitely does. Um, and it's, it's interesting because you end up teaching yourself what you need to know. And I'm not someone who has quantitative backgrounds. So I was a little bit intimidated about the case method coming in. But I will say my ability to actually understand accounting and finance um, is dramatically improved because of the case method. Because I sit there and yeah, you can listen to a three page PowerPoint on how to do um, you know, this particular decision or this particular model or method. And that's helpful, but you've got to get outside of a textbook. Um, and we take things to real life decisions that have I've used at work um, because I now actually understand the concept. And there is something about knowing that you're going to be assessed on your participation, mm-hmm. you know, what you contribute to the classroom discussion. And it's worth noting that participation doesn't just mean coming up with an answer or, you know, saying, I think this is what we should do. It could be sharing the facts of the case, mm-hmm. uh, could be asking a really great question that's on people's minds. I think sometimes people hear participation and they're like, what exactly does that mean? But, um, there's a range, but everybody participation is a good chunk of your grade here. And mm-hmm. so the, the kind of accountability that, in, that in promotes, I think is something that students talk about, right? You have to show up ready for class. Yeah. And when we have learning teams that help you show up for class. So mentioned, I'm not that great at the quant work. And this weekend we had an on grounds. One of the classes is decision analysis, which, 
you know, there, we were doing regression analysis. So there, there is math that is involved in that. Um, but before we start going through, I read a technical note that helps me understand all of the terms that I'm going to be looking at when I read a case um, and what type of statistics I need to actually be reading for. But then we go and we're looking at an example of a company um, and it's so wildly different than what you read when you're reading about linear regression. <laughs> it's a totally different topic. Um, but we meet with learning teams and we were going through and I was describing to my learning team that I understood the technical note of what a regression analysis is. But the case that we were looking at was for a baseball team, the Oakland A's. And we were looking at whether or not the weather versus the all-star pitcher versus how the team is ranked within their league affects attendance. And so I was describing to my team that I intuitively understood that there was some type of correlation between whether it's raining outside and whether or not people show up to an outdoor baseball game. But what I was having trouble articulating in class was the actual methodology. And so my learning team sat back and they gave me the spreadsheet, um, gave me everything I needed to, to know, but walked me through line by line what each piece of the puzzle meant. So that way, when I got cold called, which I did in this particular class, I actually had a really good answer and I was comfortable with what I was sharing. And the, the professor did correct one thing that I said, but that makes me now be able to tell you what I learned in a totally different way. So there's something about this like vulnerability when you're participating. But at this point, we know our class so well that they're willing to take five extra minutes for you to understand a concept. And we will go back and forth as a room and actually discuss how we got to an answer and whether or not one is right, one is wrong. And most of the time, the area is a little bit gray. So I'll, I'll say that, um, you know, the case method is wonderful, but there are a lot of people that are involved in this idea of the case method and your participation in the program, um, because you can't do it alone and you don't have to. So you mentioned that you've had a recent career transition. You've started a new job. Yep. And so let's talk about what you're doing, doing right now. Um, in your in your current role? Yeah. So in my current role, I am the first sales executive at a smaller um, software startup. Um, we're specifically in healthcare technology, and we use artificial intelligence, so machine learning and natural language processing. Um, and what's very interesting for me is I came from... Um, I don't want to say big box sales organizations, but I always had a process that I was following. And now as the first sales executive, my job is to put together a scalable sales process. So it's really um, been forced upon me in, in some ways to figure out what makes a successful sales organization and how do we use this really complex technology um, in order to drive our revenue. And so one of the most fun pieces of my work right now is that I sit every day with engineers, data scientists, nurses, and physicians in order to understand this very complex technology and think about how I can talk about it in layman's terms so that way we can actually sell it. 
Um, so it's, it's been a really, really exciting jump for me because um, it pushes me every single day. I have to lean on a lot of what I'm learning in Darden in order to better communicate with people who are very different from me. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's a great change for me. I, I, uh, you know, it, it was coming right off of a class that we took in healthcare leadership. Um, and it was, it was pretty impactful for me to decide, you know what, this is an industry that I have loved. I took a hiatus from it. I need to go back. So when I, when everything kind of came together, it was, it was a good match for me. And it, it feels like it was the right time to do it. It's almost like a mini MBA on the side of my MBA. <laughs> So you're in quarter five. Yeah. Uh, you just completed a weekend residency. As, as you noted, you're taking currently operations decision analysis in the professional advancement course. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious about the professional advancement course. Uh, it's led by Connie Whitaker Dunlop, who uh, has been on the Exec MBA podcast before. Um, how are you finding that course? It's obviously a career-related course that's in the core curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, are you enjoying it? Um, what do you hope to get out of it? Yeah, so you know we're quarter five. So at this point, we've taken a lot of classes, and I am three modules in to this professional advancement course. And I will tell you, I think it's the most impactful course we've had at Darden. Um, And I am very much enjoying it, but I will say it is interesting because it is a course that makes you think about yourself, Um, not about who you were, but about who you want to be. And it's a critical question to answer as you're thinking about your MBA and your career development. So it's been, it's, it's kind of interesting. It's a class where I sit and I'm a little bit nervous in the classroom because she is forcing us to ask questions about ourselves that are in some ways uncomfortable to answer, but it, we have to know the answer at the same time. Um, and so I've, I've loved it. And I will say, I think my classmates love it just as much. Um, it's, it's one of the first classes where we can't stop talking about, about the course. And it's not just about the course, it's about what we want. Um, and it's generated a lot of networking in ways that I didn't expect to to come out of this program, um, quite honestly, but the level of networking is it goes beyond the shallow and goes into a really deep place where I feel like I really understand what my classmates want in their life, who they want to be. Um, I don't feel like I have the answer to myself quite yet, <laughs> um, but it it's a it's a thought provoking course. It really is. So as you're essentially at the midpoint for the program, Mm -hmm. uh, it's a 10, two month quarter program. You are in quarter five. So really kind of almost halfway done. Mm -hmm. Um, Sad to think about. (laughs) I know. I know. I was talking with two of your classmates, uh, Jonas Porcar and Bob and Patel, who are repeat guests on the podcast. We were following them through uh, their time here at Darden. They were saying the same. I mean, excitement about, you know, where you are relative to graduation, but also kind of sad that, yeah. you know, you can kind of see the end and you're like, oh man, because it's, you know, it's tremendous to be kind of in this space and yeah. to have one an of, opportunity to learn. One of my uh, friends from the 2019 class, Sean Kumar, posted online that he had just submitted his last exam. And 
I am shocked that my first reaction was not, oh, I wish I was in his shoes. It was very much like, that has got to be really bittersweet. Mm-hmm. Um, because this has become a network of people that I love spending time with. It's one of the most engaging things I've ever done for myself. So I don't want it to end, even though you have exams, um, you have homework again. <laughs> um, it, it all is worth it very much. So do you feel like school has gotten easier over this past roughly year? Period? Um, yeah, I do. I, I, but I think it's not easier because the content is easier. It's not, I, I do not think Darden front loads the easy or hard courses. Um, I think what you learn is how to learn um, as an adult, because I do think how I learned in high school or how I learned in college is different because it was eye on the exam. How are you going to pass? And that was a constant thought for me um, because I am someone who's a, an achiever. I want to go, go get the, the good grade. And at Darden, I want the good grade, but this is something that I've invested in for myself and for my learning. And so the outcome that I want is a little bit of a different goal. Um, it's not necessarily about the grade. It's about enriching myself. So, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's been a journey for sure. Um, but the classes themselves, what you learn is how to learn that material. So um, I think it's not that it's gotten easier. It's just more that I know how to do what I need to do in order to get the most out of the program. If that makes sense. Totally. Um, having had a number of conversations with Darden alumni, both on the full-time side of the executive side, um, they always talk about the facility to learn quickly mm-hmm. and figure out what information you need, uh, what's happening, mm-hmm. you know, how to get other people involved to ask the right questions that that's oftentimes one of the most valuable things you get out of the program is you look at hundreds of cases mm-hmm. and you develop this framework. Is that something that resonates with you? Yeah. More to, to one piece of what you said. Um, because I would say that coming into the program, I felt like a lone wolf. Um, like I'm someone who learns best on my own. I don't didn't love working in teams, but there is something about this program and the way that you rely on your team that has made it really easy for me to figure out how I work with other people in order to enhance my learning, but also enhance theirs. Um, Because you have very different learning styles, very different personalities that are on teams together. And it's been so helpful um, from an interpersonal perspective. Um, But yeah, there, it, it definitely... Um, you have to get smart and figure out what do I need from this and and what's the relevant information to help me solve my problem. And we're just looking at cases, you know, in the real world, the amount of noise that you will have in any one situation that you're looking at is going to be much greater. Um, So if you can sort through everything that's going on at your organization and find the pieces of information that will help you make a decision, that that's extremely helpful. So, um, as someone who made a job transition during the program, Mm -hmm. I'm curious about how you managed all of that. Um, we get this question from prospective students all the time, you know, what's it like to change during the program? Should I wait until after the program? Um, 
how, how was your experience yeah. managing that? I ask myself all those questions. So what perspective students are asking is um, not crazy. Um, but I'd hit a point where I was going to Darden on the weekends. And it was one of the most engaging and powerful weekends that I would have. And I would leave and Sunday night, this pit would sit in my stomach because I was going to the office and I just felt a huge dichotomy between the engagement at work and the engagement at Darden. And I thought, you know what? It's fine. I'm in a role where I have time to devote to Darden and it is worth me sitting for two years figuring this out while I go through the program and then I'll go get a new job. But even just through a few quarters, it felt like, you know what? I am confident that this is not what I want to do. So why wait? So in some ways, I'd say Darden gave me the confidence to take what felt very risky before starting the program, um, which is a pretty big leap in terms of your time. Um, But I will also say Darden helped me navigate my process in an extremely effective way. So I used career services to help me with my negotiation. Um, And that came into play when we were talking about my time allocation to Darden. Um, I was incredibly transparent with my new employer about the fact that I'm getting my MBA. And one of the things career services helped me frame was, it's not just that I am getting my MBA, I'm bringing an MBA to my new company. And so I was able to get a lot more money than I was making before a job that gives me the flexibility um, and the understanding that Darden is a priority for me. Um, But I've also found a boss who respects and engages with the MBA and asks me for updates in terms of what I'm doing, what I'm learning, what I can bring back to the organization. Um, And I could not be happier that I made the jump. And yeah, it's hard. You know, we had an on grounds this weekend, like you mentioned. Um, And I was in Austin for a full week before that doing a sales sign off in front of my CEO and COO. Very big week. Um, I didn't have enough time to prep, but it was it's worth it because I am happy all around. And Darden gave me a lot of confidence to make the move and the jump and know that it was right for me. So now where you sit, you know, about 50% of the way, way through, what would be your advice for prospective students who are thinking about an MBA, possibly considering Darden? Uh, What would you share with them? Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, sat on an MBA from 2013 until what I think I, I think I called you Brett in late 2017. Um, I, en- right. I ended up applying like last minute, um, but it was because I just decided on a dime, I need to do this. And I'll say um, one of the things that I would encourage any prospective student to do is get the guts to do it. Um, you know, when I got into Darden, I had so many people come up to me and say, oh, congratulations, I've been thinking about getting my MBA, but studying for a test might take me too long. So it feels like there's a big barrier to entry for a lot of people that I've talked to who want their MBA um, and just can't get around to doing it. Um, And I think my advice is take the leap. So decide, you know what, this is, 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 is an investment in myself and it is something that will pay off 
and you will enjoy it, but you've just got to take the leap and take the first step. Um, and the pain wears off. <laughs> um, just, but just go do it. Yeah, it's it's funny. Um, we'll have prospective students come to events where we have current students, and they say, "Oh, you know, current students will ask, uh, you know, when are you thinking about doing this?" And the prospective students say, "Maybe a year or two from now." And the almost immediate response from current students is, "No, nah, don't wait." do it now. It's not going to get easier. Um, you know, you put it off for another year, your life will get more complex. Work will potentially get more complex. There will always be something. Mm -hmm. If you're thinking about it now, thinking about it enough to come to an event, schedule a conversation, you know, take these kind of steps, seriously consider taking, taking this next step. I I remember Emily, interestingly enough, a little bit of Darden Roslyn history, uh, we had a on grounds residency uh, the the day of our phone call. I was actually sitting Waterview at the top of the uh, cor- former corporate executive <laughs> board Deloitte building here in Roslyn before we had our own space. I do remember our call. It's interesting that, that that's hung with me, but I, you know, it's just the way these things go. Well, it wasn't. An, it was probably an interesting call. So uh, I alluded to some personal issues earlier, but I got a concussion. <laughs> so I was in a really bad car accident in the middle of my GMAT studying. Um, and that is pretty devastating because I had signed up for the test. It's expensive to take the test, too. Um, and I had to decide whether or not I would do it, even though I literally had half brain capacity or if I would wait. So I took the first one, totally bombed it. Um, but then I spoke to you and you, you threw a few other options out at me. Um, you know, Darden takes the executive assessment, not just the GMAT. Um, so it gave me a lot to think about in terms of what direction I want to go in, in terms of my preparation for Darden. So that's why the application ended up being last minute. It was a it was an interesting time in my life where I literally had half brain capacity. <laughs> so maybe that's why I got the boldness to just go do it. Who knows? <laughs> well, there's something to, to be said for that resilience, right? Having gone through something, experienced that adversity. I think the thing that has a lot of impact for students is, you know, just understanding that there are going to be weeks where you're not perfect and, you know, in this program and that sometimes things are going to be really hard and you're going to have to ask other people for help. And yeah, you know, Work's going to be the priority. School may have to take the back seat. Personal stuff will happen. You know, work and school may have to, you know, wait for a little while. I mean, it's just the way that it goes. Um, but everybody gets through this program with the support of their classmates, all the other people in their life. Um, and it is very much a community, yeah. as you noted before. I think we've had something like 20 babies born in this class. And I I want to say I'm exaggerating, but I really don't think I am. I think it's close to 20 at this. I don't even know the number. Um, so think about all the newborns. And I just look at my classmates that have had newborns while they're in the program. And it makes the idea of switching your job seem like nothing. So, Well, you think about homeroom. So for those of you who are just learning about the program, there's a 10, 15 minute period at the start of each on grounds residency where there are announcements um, this past weekend, you had three classmates who announced that they became dads. Um, they had babies that were just born uh, to enjoy their family. And then uh, a mom <laughs> announced mm-hmm. that she had just had her baby. Um, we've had uh, se- actually several moms, yeah. first-time moms. We've the- had three first-time moms in the class. Yeah, so... And one mom that's on her third, she had a boy. She, she a third boy. <laughs> So there's always someone who's balancing more than you and someone who's balancing, balancing less. I think that's always, mm-hmm. always the truth. But, um, 
you all support each other. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, this past weekend, someone had a grandparent pass away and I sent all of my notes to her as soon as class was over. So we're, we're here for each other. We get it. Um, we've all been through life and it's, you, you can't let it derail your program. Well, Emily, thank you so much for your time this morning. Yeah, of course, Brett. This is fun. And that was my conversation with Emily Kelly, an executive MBA format student in our class of 2020. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at exec, that's E-X-E-C, MBA at Darden, Virginia, that E-D-E. Until next time, thanks for listening.